Father, we thank you for your glory here today, your presence. You are everything. I appreciate you. On Thursday, I had the uh, honor of going to see Sean Foyt at Edgewater Beach. And uh, we were four rows back from the grass stage. <laughs> the grass stage. <laughs> and uh, as we started, as it started, as they started to worship, the Holy Spirit spoke to me and says, get your camera out and videotape. So I did. I listened. When I was done with the video, after my phone was almost dead, which I forgot to bring my battery back, which I forgot to do today again. <laughs> so I'm consistent <laughs> on that front. But after, the, uh, after I was done with the video, I had 588 views. After the, after the time we were up there praising and worshiping, Marie and I went and had dinner together at Don's Lighthouse, of course. It was nice, and we had a great time. Then I looked back at my post, you know, where I put my video, and it said 1.2K two hours later. And then I woke up in the morning, it was 1.6K. Then I woke up this morning, it's 1.8K. So people are watching and still ex excited about what's going on. Amen? It was awesome. Just a couple of quick reminders for you that, uh, that are coming up. Uh, first week of October, October 2nd, 3rd, and 4th, uh, Cole Harmon and Matt Spinks. Matt is from Firehouse Projects in Indiana. Uh, they will be here. Some of you know Cole. Cole is ahead of the uh, Glowing Moses Band here in Cleveland. He'll be here leading worship, and they'll also be doing, you know, teaching and praise and worship that whole weekend, uh, October 2nd, 3rd, and 4th. And he'll be our guest speaker October 4th, Matt will. And Cole will be leading worship that Sunday. So if you know anything about Cole's music, sit in the back. <laughs> so it'll be great. And then um, the following weekend, we have our love conference with Sandra McCollum, who is uh, Joyce Meyer's daughter, and uh, Nicole Marball, they'll both be here Saturday. And then on Sunday, um, Sandra's going to be speaking at Ascent Church, which is in Westlake, Old Church on the Rise. And uh, Nicole in, is going to be speaking here for us that Sunday. And I think Tammy and Teresa and this, this group here will be leading worship that Sunday and uh, for us. That'd be great. But again, we're still in the COVID kind of thing, kind of you know, trying to be as good as we can to uh, the things that they want us to be good to. So we're having the offering basket up here if you need it, and uh, no children's ministry yet, but we're hoping that at some point in October we'll start up children's ministries again. So we're going to be looking that way as well. And today's, my teaching today is, or somebody would say, my words. <laughs> uh, I want to teach on part two of Kingdom Praise and Worship. But before I do that, I was, I was on my Facebook page last week and picked up this really nice uh, thing. I'd like to share it with you. Let's see if I could find it here. Hope the uh, Facebook thing obeys. But it says here, 
Oh, just by the way, in case you want to know, since my video went 1.8K, all of a sudden Facebook is watching me. Yeah, so I've got, uh, I posted something on Grace Point a little while back, and they posted on here, this is not true, this is fake, on my, on my post. So I guess I'm being watched by the uh, embassy of Facebook. But this is this. Let me read this to you. I'll try to be as clear as I can. It's really good. You'll really like it. Before he died, Billy Graham was returning to Charlotte after a speaking engagement. And when his plane arrived, there was a limousine waiting to transport him to his home. As he prepared to get into the limo, he stopped and spoke to the driver. You know, he said, I am 87 years old. And I have never driven a limousine. Would you mind if I drove it for a while? The driver said, no problem. Be my guest. Billy gets into the driver's seat and they head out down the highway. A short distance away sat a rookie state trooper operating his first speed trap. The long black limo went by him doing 70 in a 55 mile per hour zone. The trooper pulled out easily and caught the limo, got out of his patrol car to begin the procedure. The young trooper walked up to the driver's door, and when the glass rolled down, he was surprised to see who was driving. He immediately excused himself and went back to his car and called his supervisor. He told the supervisor, I know we're supposed to enforce the law, but I also know that important people are get given certain courtesies. I need to know what I should do because I have stopped a very important person. The supervisor asked, is it the governor? The young trooper says, no, he's more important than that. The supervisor says, oh, so it's the president? The young trooper says, no, he's even more important than that. The supervisor finally asked, well then, who is it? And the young trooper said, I think it's Jesus. Because he's got Billy Graham as a chauffeur. <laughs> I couldn't pass up that one. That was a good opening. Amen. Let's turn in our Bibles if you have them, or John will put up the first scripture. Hebrews chapter 12. Hebrews 12. Our God is an all-burning fire. It's a topic. Our God is an all-burning fire. Hebrews 12:29. This is an easy verse to memorize if you're into Scripture memorization. But there is an easier one in John called Jesus wept. <laughs> and there's another easy one in Hebrews 13, verse 1, let brotherly love continue. Only four words. But this one is also small. It says, for our God is a consuming fire. Can you say that with me? Our God is a consuming fire. Say that again. Our God is a consuming fire. Now ask yourself this question, what is the fire? If God is fire, if God is love, if God is spirit, if God is holy, 
then what is the holy spiritual fire that burns, purifies, consumes, and accepts the sacrifices? The one and only answer is the fire is the passion of the Father's heart. The burning of His passionate love for His purposes and His people. His burning passion for us was the same fire at creation burning to give us new life in Christ when we were born again. The burning passion was Jesus on the cross rising from the dead. The passion in His presence shown to us in His priestly intercession for us daily. This fire burns for purpose, so all worship that God designs has fire in it. There was fire today here. It was happening in the midst of us. I remember years ago, some of you, I don't know if you were there or not, but we were in the armory. We had Paul Wilbur there. And Paul Wilbur was praising and worship, and the place got so hot that everybody, it was cold outside. It was like 20 degrees outside at that time. But everybody in the building kept taking off, you know, taking off their coats and taking off their jackets and taking off their sweaters. Some guys were taking off their shirts and their T-shirts. People went as far as they could, I guess. <laughs> but it was on fire. The place was on fire. And then all of a sudden, the fire department came. They came. To, I mean, it was a sunny day like today. No, no clouds in the sky. And the fire department says, we're here to put out the fire. I says, what fire? It is true, we're hot. <laughs> the all-consuming fire of God was there. They said the neighbors said that there are flames shooting out of your roof. Out of the roof of the building, there's flames shooting. And we're here to put out the fire. I mean, they were there in their full garb. And they had their ladders, their hammers, their, their axes. They're ready to break everything down and just just ready to just tear the place up. And I says, there's no fire here except Jesus. So if you want to stay and have, just take off all your clothes, come on in and join us and we'll celebrate Jesus together. So that passion in His presence is shown to us in His priestly intercession for us daily. This fire burns for purpose so all worship that God designs has fire in it. All worship burns with divine passion for people and purpose. You want godly revelation? Let the fire of God consume you. You'll start getting revelation. I remember another day when Dwight Dumas, some of you know Dwight, he's a black pastor in Youngstown. He was a football star for Youngstown U. He's a big guy. I mean, he's big. He just wrote a book called Race, Race, Race Reconciliation. Great book. I would recommend that you get it. It's an excellent book. And anyway, Dwight was up there preaching and Revelation would just, he says, I says, every time I come here, Mike, every time I come to this place, he says, all I can get, I can't write fast enough of the revelation that God downloads to me. He says, why is that? I said, it's the presence of God. It's the fire of God. When we praise and worship Him, His fire is released. I mean, if I were one of you sitting here today and I was, and I was listening to somebody preach this message, I'd have my paper out, my pad, my journal, and I'd be taking notes because even when I preach, the Holy Spirit's going to speak to you. He'll say things to you that I could never say to you because He is the great counselor. He's the one that can get in your, in your space, in your small space. He's the one that can get in you, in your heart, and touch you where nobody else can touch you. 
and heal you where nobody else can heal that heart that might be hurting or burning or, or falling apart because all worship burns with a divine passion. You want godly re- revelation. Let the fire of God consume you. You want godly vision. We hear a lot today from people who say, I need God's vision. But if you want godly vision, let the God of fire consume you. If you want to experience this fire, let the God of fire consume you. The fire we find in Jesus' eyes is the passion of the Father. The fire in His eyes focuses upon the object of the Father's passion and purpose for all of us. And He can reach us wherever we're at. We can be behind closed doors. We can be behind concrete walls. He can get in. He can come in and take over and do whatever He wants to do. Jesus always functions in the passion of His Father's heart. And as we experience today new covenant, authentic spiritual worship, it's just not a release only of our passion, but it's a release of His passion in our heart pouring out. I don't know about you, but I sometimes get overwhelmed when we praise and worship and I can feel the power of God just emanating through me. I felt it here today. I felt His power just coming up. We can make a sacrifice of our passion so that we can receive and release the passion of the Father like Jesus. See, our worship doesn't, doesn't only release us. It releases the heart of the Father. When we were there on Thursday at, out at Edgewater Beach, I could feel the heart of the Father for those in the group who had not even known Him yet. There was a young girl, a blonde girl, standing maybe two two people in front of me. And when Sean gave the, the, the invitation for salvation, she immediately, she started just tears flowing down her eyes. I had no idea. She was worshiping the Lord. She had her hands up. She was jumping with the rest of the five or six hundred people in front of me that were jumping. I could feel the earth move with the, uh, the, with the jumping that was going on uh, during praise and worship. And this girl... When he gave the altar call, boom, she's, she's, and she's telling her friends around her, please take me, take me to, take me to wherever they said, I have to go. I have to give my life to Jesus. And then they baptized her. They baptized her in Lake Erie. There were hundreds upon hundreds who were saved and water baptized that night. So the Lord is at work. Amen? So the, Our worship does not only release us, but it releases the heart of the Father. Let's go to Colossians chapter 2. Colossians 2. One of my favorite scriptures in my favorite book. (laughs) Right, right, Brian? (laughs) Ephesians 2, 9 and 10. For in Him, in Christ, that's that Him is Christ. For in Christ dwells all the fullness of the Godhead bodily in Christ. So here's, here's the thing. There's no, nothing limited. It's unlimited. For in Him dwells all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. Verse 10, he says, and you are complete in Him. We don't even know all the stuff that's already in us. Everything that He's put there, all the creativity, all the ideas... I mean, I believe that some of us can be, you know, so creative that we can astound. You know, things that we thought we could never do, we could do if we would just 
stay focused and praise and worship Him and let the revelation flow. Let the ideas come out and see what He can do. And you are complete in Him who is the head of all principality and power. In eternity past, nothing existed that is present today. Only God. No angels, no living creatures, no universe, no humans, only eternal God. Everything that now exists, He created. And He created all because He wanted it. And He created it with a birthing fire. A birthing fire. And that is the fire of His passion that is present when something that does not exist suddenly, say suddenly, powerful word, it goes with awakening, suddenly exists by creative decrees. When something is created, it is because the Father desired it. His passion produced it and His passion has a purpose in creating it. Everything He created was created to worship. I don't know about you. Did you ever go outside and look at your flowers? They don't do good when they're going like this. How many flowers don't do good when they're bent over like this? You know they're getting close to the bag. (laughs) But most flowers that I see are like, they're pointing straight up at the sun, at creation. All creation worships Him. The trees, look at the trees, they're going up. Everything is worshiping Him. The animals, everything worships Him. All of creation was created to worship Him. And this is how all things work in the spiritual realm that we now live in in Christ. Purpose and worship are twins in the spiritual realm. Purpose and worship are twins in the spiritual realm. Whenever anything created reaches its fullness of purpose, it reaches the opportunity for ultimate worship. Listen, we were created to praise and worship Him. We should get to the place that you complain to me that we only do an hour of worship. Pastor Mike, it's too short. (laughs) So knowing this, when anything created misses their purpose or mission, it fails to produce true spiritual worship. Allow the things of God that He has created to fulfill their purpose, ours being created to worship. We were created. I mean, and the least thing that I can do, I tell you, when I'm on fire for God, I, when I'm in that passion and that fire is burning, my hands go up. Because I've got to let the steam out. You know, I've got to let the steam out. It's got to go up. Causes them to release the sounds, conditions. You don't think for one minute... We affect atmosphere when we praise and worship. I'm going to tell you things today. And it doesn't take thousands to make it happen. It only takes a few of us. A remnant, the Bible says. But release sounds, conditions, atmospheres, and expressions of worship. I mean, we've had times in our church where literally we had people who didn't even know they were artists suddenly say, during praise and worship, can I get a, can I get an easel and a, and a, and a, one of those canvases? And can I start drawing during praise and worship? I says, go ahead. We, you can, I could take you to the office, my old office. I still have about eight or ten pictures of people who drew during praise and worship because they had to express themselves and the creativeness of who they were. Know this, as sons and daughters of God, all the ways worship can be released has not been exhausted. We're just beginning to see it. We're only 
scratching the surface. And at no time will the passion of the Father move away from His purpose in any created thing. Now let me give you a few, give you an example that is included in all of our Bibles. If any created thing, which includes angels, missed the Father's purposes for them, like Lucifer did, that created being lost their authenticity and become false in their identity and existence. They lost their capacity to worship. To worship the Father. And there is no place in the kingdom of God for such a created being, nor is there any place in heaven and earth for its false worship. Our Father cast out a third of created beings that followed Satan, and they rebelled against God's purposes and plans. And no matter what song they would sing or he would sing, he could not produce. Authentic spiritual worship, he is now with all the fallen angels incapable of producing purpose. When our Father creates anything, he invests worship into that creation, whatever it is. So you're invested with worship. And you're going to find that in your worship, you're going to get revelation. All creation worships Him. And what I've found throughout the years is this. Any church or group of people that cannot worship must be entertained. And any leader who cannot lead a church or a group to worship must provide entertainment. And a lot of what we hear today in the church, in the kingdom, is entertainment. It's not worship. You can tell the difference when you're in the atmosphere, when you're there. See, true, authentic, new covenant, spiritual worship begins here in our hearts with us. You know, if we all understood the real dynamics of praise and worship, we could blow the roof off the top of this building. We can literally shake the foundation of this building and wonder if it's going to collapse. Did you know there's a gym underneath us? We could go down there safely. Every aspect of the kingdom begins at a personal level. We're born again individually, and then we come here and we worship corporately. New covenant spiritual worship begins in the spirit of each individual. Let me tell you something, a secret. How many like to hear secrets? How many of little kids love secrets? Even if it's stupid, they love secrets. Tell me, tell me a secret. There are no limitations in the spirit. Say that out loud to yourself. There are no limitations in the Spirit. And when we are fully engaged in worship, we will not experience any fatigue, even if we worship for hours. Sacrificing and submitting personal worship to corporate worship never diminishes personal worship. New covenant personal worship is enhanced when submitted to authentic corporate worship. Twice our Bible says to us that we are God's temple. Let me give you one of those scriptures in 2 Corinthians chapter 6. 2 Corinthians 6. Verse 16. 
It says, And what agreement has the temple of God with idols? For you are the temple of the living God. As God has said, I will dwell in them and walk among them and I will be their God and they shall be my people. You are God's address. You are God's mobile home. And He travels in you. That's why when you leave here today, this meeting never ends. Because God never leaves us. He's with us. We're just gathered corporately in the building, but He's with us all the time. And He's just waiting for us to praise and worship Him. To exalt Him. And when we are fully engaged in worship, we will not experience any fatigue. Sacrificing and submitting personal worship to corporate worship never diminishes personal worship. You hear what I said? When we're here submitting to corporate worship, it doesn't diminish who we are and what our personal worship is. New covenant personal worship is enhanced when submitted to authentic corporate worship. You want to see advancement in your praise and worship? Gather with corporate people and praise and worship. Man, it happened to me even Thursday out of the bark. It was like, it was like this, is off, this is off the hook. And I don't even know what that means. I just hear it. <laughs> but it was off the hook. Amen? See, our bodies contain God's glory and the Holy Spirit lives within you. New covenant, authentic, spiritual worship is who we are in Christ. And praise and worship is our created purpose in the Father. That's our created purpose, is to praise and worship Him. You know, I get kind of irritated when I hear other groups or churches that say, well, when we come in, we sing one song. I says, what? What? What do you do? You sing one song and then the pastor gets up and asks for money and takes, takes an offering three, four times that service? And then uh, he preaches for 15 minutes, and then he sings another. Then we sing another song. I said, well, you don't sing two songs together? No, we don't sing two songs together. I said, oh, okay. Thank you for telling me that. I don't feel like visiting you. The ecclesia. Who knows what the ecclesia means? Us, the body of Christ. Okay. That's who we are in God's mobile home. His forever address. The plural you has a functional worship opportunity. See, corporate worship occurs when unified believers receive and release God's created united worship. What helps us worship really good? Music. Music enhances us to release our personal worship. If you haven't come to the place of personal worship, try working on it. But you're going to have to kill the flesh. Because your flesh is not going to want to do it. It doesn't want anything to do with it whatsoever. So you got to, you're born again of the Spirit, which means, see, if we're born of the Spirit, as it says in 2 Corinthians 5.17, born of the Spirit, that means you're beyond human now. You took on a dynamic that other humans do not have. You're born of the Spirit. And I still, I still can't ever put this phrase down that I heard years ago from Don Potter with Morningstar. He said, in the Spirit, we can fly. We can go places. 
But corporate worship occurs when music assists us. Corporate worship, and sometimes we don't even need music. We don't even need the music because, like at the end here, when we were when Marie got up there and the girls were going, we could have shut all the music off, and believe me, it has still went on. Amen. So corporate worship is a shared spiritual experience. And remember what it says in Deuteronomy 32:30. I'm sure you all have this one memorized. Deuteronomy 32.30, one can fight a thousand, but two can put ten thousand running. And so when we learn to release what we have, each of us have inside of us, that the atmosphere we are in starts to expand, say expand. Listen, you don't think people got this revelation? I was at a, my wife did a wedding yesterday in Lander Haven. And she played a song forever. I don't, who was it by, Marie, you know? Forever. It was a song forever. I think it was a secular song. And it was called Forever. She talked about us leaving this earth in the spirit at the speed of light. I said, that's my revelation. She's stealing my, my, my words. She's stealing. So God is downloading revelation to a lot of people. Even people who don't even get it yet. They don't even realize that they were created as God's sons and daughters. Before the foundation of the world. They just don't, they have to discover it. Amen? And so when we learn to release what we have inside, the atmosphere we are in starts to expand, listen, and speed up. Speed up. Ezekiel talks about wheels within wheels that start spinning. And there's a girl, her name is Anna Mendez. She wrote, a book on the spirit of man. She says when we're in praise and worship, everything in the room speeds up. I mean, just so you know this, I'm going to let you know this. You probably don't know this, but I'll let you in on another secret. When you leave your earth suit, how many have an earth suit? When you leave your earth suit, you go faster than the speed of light. To the next dimension. My father, I was standing in front of my father when he passed away. And my dad looked at me with his eyes and he said, he says, Mike, am I going to go be with Jesus now? I says, yeah. He says, you go on ahead, dad. And he went, I, I saw him go. He sped out of there. I saw him leave the room. I mean, I just saw a little glimpse of it. Speed of light. Because in reality, the reason that we can see each other, how many of we're spirit beings born again? And the only reason, let me tell you another secret, the only reason we can see each other because we are spirit slowed down. God slowed us down. Put it in this planet. Put us in this body. And the Bible does talk about the silver cord when it's broken. When the pitcher is broken, we leave our suit and we go to be with God forever. And when we leave our bodies, this earth suit, we move from slow speed to beyond the speed of light. And our influence, our limitations are expanded. That's why I think a lot of guys like fast motorcycles. Because they're trying to get it before they go. I think there's a lot of guys, I don't know about you, but when I was a young man, I loved to drag race. 
Man, I just love to go to the track and push my car as fast as it could go. That's why I had a 350, 300 horsepower Nova that beat everything on the street. I had a blast with it. And then my dad says, hey, I found another car for you, son. I said, what kind of car did you get for me, dad? He said, I got a 1960 Thunderbird with 460 horsepower and a blower. <laughs> yeah, and a blower. Yeah, the blower is for top gear. So you can, if you want, if you go from, want to go from 140 to 185, it goes like that in seconds. Oh, just letting you know. That was before I got saved. Thank God God saved me until I got saved. <laughs> but our influence, our limits are expanded when we submit to the larger corporate gatherings that are bigger than us. That's why when Sean was coming to town to do outdoor praise and worship, I said, I'm going. Because there's going to be an atmosphere expanding. There's going to be something happening in that dynamic. I can't get in my house. I can't get in my car. I can't get in the bathroom when I'm singing to Jesus. You don't want to see that thing. Because God has made it so that in the larger context of gathering, our worship is defined and expanded in those settings. We submit our passion to God to receive and release the Father's passion through us. And we join our passion in worship with other believers, causing the worship in us to expand and increase in scope and authority. It's amazing. I just, I don't, the stuff that's coming out of, you know, Redding, California, the stuff that's coming out of different churches across America, Hill Songs, all the stuff that's going on. I mean, I don't know about you, but when I'm in that praise and worship setting, even in my own house sometimes, it feels like the earth is moving under me. The causes, it literally causes the atmosphere we are in to shift into spiritual dimensions beyond the human on earth experiences. I mean, I've had experiences when I've laid on the floor, put on some praise and worship, and forgot where I was. Wake up or sit, lay there, get up, and it's eight hours later. Didn't even know I, where the time went. It was like I stepped into eternity. See, corporate worship is kingdom worship. Worship is spiritual. New covenant, authentic spiritual worship is available to God's authentic sons and daughters. Our worship is spirit. And with His spirit. Do you ever look around the room sometime and look at a person? I mean, we'll be up here praising the Lord. Most of the people in the room will be praising the Lord. And there'll be somebody in this room going... Is this going to go on? How many times are we going to sing the same song over and over? Just so you know, they're not in the Spirit. But God's, God sees them. God loves them like He loves the guy who's over here going nuts off the wall. And guess what? When they walk out here, God going with them. And when I'm looking and I'm watching, I just silently say under my breath, Sick him, Jesus. Guess what? He's going to have fun. They're not going to have fun, but he's going to have fun. And so as we submit ourselves to the Father's heart, true biblical worship, we then release God's spiritual sound in the earth. And therefore, the number of believers who discern new covenant, authentic spiritual worship is in actuality relatively small. 
the number of believers who discern authentic corporate spiritual worship is a tiny remnant. Say remnant. How many ever looked up that word remnant? It means two or three in number. It means a small remaining quality of something. See, God wants everybody to worship Him. But never starts with everybody. He starts with the remnant. He puts into the remnant what He wants in everybody else. And in this remnant strategy, we need to embrace. When a given ministry comes into ultimate fullness of passion and purpose, that ministry becomes a remnant ministry. And that remnant ministry influences regions and nations. See, we just don't understand. Right now, we don't see it in the Spirit. But on the top of this roof, there's white light going out of here like crazy. Coming from our beings. I've seen it before. I've seen tongues of fire on people's heads during praise and worship. Just during... Other kind of services. I just walked into a room one day. won't even tell you where I was because you wouldn't think it was possible. I walked in that room. I looked around and everybody that I could see had tongues of fire on their head. The all-consuming fire of God was on them. They couldn't see it. I saw it. See, worship is love responding to love. Worship is love, responding to love. And when we are God's worshipers, we release what God created and we stand before heaven as His priests and His kings that God has made. Revelation 1.6. Let's go there. Don't be afraid of the book of Revelation. It won't hurt you. You need to start reading it. And when you go into the book of Revelation, look for Jesus. Look for Jesus. Revelation 1.6, it says, And He has made us, Jesus has made us kings and priests to His God and Father. To Him be glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. Let's go to Romans 12. After you read that, go to Romans 12. It's right after Romans 11. Romans 12. Verse 1 and 2, I beseech you therefore, <clears throat> excuse me, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice. He didn't say a dead sacrifice. I mean, there's a big difference between a dead sacrifice and a living sacrifice. Because the living sacrifice has to keep themselves there. Because they're going to want to get off and do something else. They're going to have a battle sometimes to stay on that altar. To stay in that place of praise and worship. When God commands us to stay there. Amen? Holy, acceptable to God, which is what? Our reasonable service. And do not be conformed to this world. Boy, is that a big one today. we got so many believers who are so conformed to this world. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed, how? By the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Aren't you glad I'm not preaching that sermon? We'd be here another hour. 
And when we leave, and when we live, not leave, when we live consumed, look, I'm going to tell you something. When you get this, when you get this revelation of praise and worship, authentic, new covenant, spiritual worship, and you live consumed with it, you can no longer tell the difference between praise and worship. You don't care if it's fast. You don't care if it's slow. All you care is that you're here. All you care about is His presence. All you care about is Jesus. You can't tell the difference between praise and worship, intercession, ministry, giving, loving, and actually breathing. Breathing. See, our entire life is worship. And all that we do as a living sacrifice is worship. The new covenant authentic worshiper cannot separate himself from this dynamic. He can't do it. I don't know about you, but I can't get enough. If you said, come on, we're all going to come here back tonight, we're going to worship for three hours, I'd say, come on, let's go. You know, in another month, I don't know if you guys know, in another month, I'm going to be 70 years old. I bet you I could outjump most in this place during praise and worship. Endurance, because I don't get tired. I get no fatigue in praise and worship. I'm never tired. If I sit down, I'm getting some kind of revelation that I got to start thinking about, because God's talking to me. Worshippers cannot separate themselves, because Hebrews twelve twenty nine states that our God is a consuming fire. We are consumed by His fire, and as we each mature in love. Listen to me. As we each mature in love, because love never fails, we mature in worship because the foundation of love. Forty-nine years, her and I were on the dance floor last night. They says, all the couples, come on out here. We're going to see who's been out, who's got the longest number of years. We won. 49 years. The closest one to us was 42 years on the floor. But the foundation of love in relationship is trust. Is trust. As trust deepens, that's not only my, my relationship with her, it's my relationship with Him. As my love for Him my praise and worship for Him, as it grows and matures, as trust deepens, shared passion deepens, and our unions are forged in its fires from God's heart for us. I'm telling you, church, there's no place, greater place to be than in His praise and worship with Him. See, the true test of love is submission. See, what works vertically works horizontally in relationships. We learn obedience by submitting to the process of passion. And we mature our passion by increasing in trust. And trust then becomes the focus of our lives as we worship. Why do I worship God so passionately? Because I trust Him. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. 
and lean not upon your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge Him, and He will give you the desires that you want. So trust then becomes the focus. And we can only sustain shared passion at the level of our trust. And that goes for relationships too. Worship matures with matured passion. And we truly need a revelation of agape love. How I many agape love is the deepest love we could find? See, when I see Jesus go into the cross for me, I see agape love. See, the cross restores and redeems purpose. The cross shows us love. And as we experience Jesus for who He is, we are changed from the inside out. We cannot escape such discussion of agape love if we intend to understand new covenant authentic spiritual worship. Since the worship our Father seeks is spiritual, it says in John 4, God is a spirit. And those who worship Him must worship Him in spirit and truth. How are we to worship? In the Spirit. Amen? And so the condition of our heart is our greatest importance to our worship. You want to increase in your passion? Deal with your heart. If you have, I'm going to tell you something. I'm going to tell you this. This is going to be hard. Sometimes I hate mentioning this word. I still have memories from May of May, June, July of 1985 when I started the church at Grant Elementary School on Grant Avenue here in, in, in Lakewood. Three months into my ministry, the Lord tells me to speak on forgiveness. We had a good, good number of people coming that day. And we had a good number of people that came regular after three months. I did a sermon on forgiveness and like 30 people left the church. They didn't want to hear it. They didn't want to hear that they had to forgive those who offended them. And a lot of us live with unforgiveness. There's belie- I mean, I was with believers last night at a wedding who were at my table who are Christians who can't forgive. The Bible says you can't worship until you forgive. You can't. It's strange fire. It's not God's fire. It's strange fire. We can't, not even one day, not forgive everybody. Anybody who's a... You don't think you're going to be offended? You might as well wake up. Just get on the road. Somebody in front of you driving down the street on the left-hand side will turn right in front of you. And the things that will come out of your mouth won't be tongues. You'll be praying for that poor soul to go to church Sunday and get saved. It's the best thing you could do, actually, rather than the other words that you might use. But as we experience Jesus, He begins to change us from the inside out. And we cannot escape the agape love. The worship that Jesus brings us into is ultimate maturity, and it's only possible through passionate love. I don't know about you, but... You talk to Marie. That's what she likes. Last night on the dance floor, them kisses were flowing. Yeah. You can ask her. She enjoyed it. I enjoyed it too. 
But true, new covenant, authentic spiritual worship will reveal a need for each of us to mature in passion. And I don't know about you, but I love worshiping the Lord with passion. I don't want to give Him, you know, half-mast. Open the snaps. Let it up. Raise your hands. Look in the Bible. It'll tell you you're supposed to raise your hands in worship. Get your arms off the snap. We all need to expand our capacity to receive and give love. Agape love. I'm almost done, I think. (laughs) But divine love is a constant and consistent as God is eternal. God does not change in His nature and His character, though His ways can be found to be different with different groups. 1 Corinthians 12 is a great read to understand that we could have a lot of differences in ministry, but there are absolutes that we cannot change. And all through America, we have pockets of remnant ministries like here and where. And, but I want you to know there's worship happening. True, authentic, new spiritual worship happening. And the influence of this remnant must increase as we learn to see a true awakening. Did you notice there's a lot of churches around? I have a friend in uh, Aurora just changed the name of his church from River Church to the Awakening Church. I said, man, you're catching it. You're catching something here. Because that will fuel a true kingdom reformation for all to experience. It's just amazing what God's doing. So let's let God be God and work with what He wants to work in us all. Amen? And let's set a new generation of authentic worshipers I don't know about you, but when I was there on Thursday and I saw them young people there, I said, Lord, they're more coming up than I could ever handle. And I know there's young ministers coming up that are going to do it. But a new generation of authentic worshipers, free to worship on the mountain of the Lord. Let everything that praises the Lord praise Him now. All creation worships Him. Amen? I like the worship team to come. I just, I could keep going, but I'm stopping. I'm dripping wet. (laughs) All-consuming fire. Amen? Mature passion. Still get communion ready? We'll have communion before you go. We'll do one song. and Again, the offering is up here if you want to make an offering. Thank you.
Jesus said in John 6:48 that he was the bread of life, a living bread which came down from heaven. And if anyone eats of this bread, he will live forever. And the bread that I shall give is my flesh, which I give for the life of the world. Whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life, and I will raise him up at that last day. And Jesus said after he broke the bread, he gave thanks, he broke it, he said, Take, eat, this is my body, which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Let's eat together. In the same manner, he also took the cup after supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. This too is often you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death till he comes. Let's drink all Amen. You're never gonna let me down. You're never gonna let 
Some are mine. Father, 